He paid 25K for the team. It's now worth something between two and three billion. So today's episode is going to make me incredibly uncomfortable because I know <laughs> nothing about sports. I was just informed yesterday when Sean texted me. He said last night, hey, <laughs> last night, he goes, let's do a special on the Super Bowl. And it's this Sunday. And so that's when I found out that the Super Bowl was this Sunday. I know nothing and, about sports. And how did you find out? Did I text you this? Yeah. You, what do you mean? You texted me and you said, let's no, do it. No, I thing. sent you a voice note. <laughs> Your oh, favorite voice thing to note. receive. <laughs> I hate voice notes. I'm not a fan of voice notes. But you sent me that. And that's when I learned it was the Super Bowl. Um, I know nothing about this. Look, I know what you're thinking. You're like, look, you're this macho man. You look like you're a descendant of Dennis the Menace. You're the no, you're nobody uh, says macho man <laughs> since literally the macho man was a character in the 80s. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. You're this all American hunk. You love sports. <laughs> and you're partially right. I am an all American hunk, but I know nothing about sports. I don't pay attention you're, to it all. See, here's the problem. In high school, Sam looked like a nerd and hung out with a nerd and developed nerd hobbies. But then Sam now looks like a jock. <laughs> but he still has the nerd hobbies. So you're the high school quarterback. You're the varsity QB, but you still like, you know, go under the bleachers and, you know, like smoke weed or whatever. I don't know what 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 your like crew was doing. Um, but but yeah, you, you, you fake you fake like sports. I looked like Napoleon Dynamite in high school. There's no way that I was like I knew anything about sports. Uh, I don't know anything about about sports. So I'm going to be what, a little what out of my element. were you in? Um, there was a history, a history club that I, that I took part in. <laughs> you and Ben uh, Wilson. <laughs> yeah. I participated in the sport track and field where I ended up getting a scholarship <laughs> for, for college and, uh, cross country. I was a cross country track and field guy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I played the best sports. A sport requires like a ball and you played, you know, you played things that just require moving a little faster than normal. It's <laughs> a bro. Look. A slight increase in pace. I have said that I think exercise, you should work out so you can either kill and eat everyone in the room or be able to outrun them. Therefore, I only watch UFC boxing and running. I'm just trying to I'm just trying to kill and eat or run away. That's all I'm trying to do. I'm not trying to like play with a freaking ball. Yeah, you got fighter fight or flight uh, as your hobbies. But anyways, either way, we're doing the Super Bowl episode and we're going to do it a little different. So if you listen to this episode, here's my prediction. You listen to this episode, I guarantee you, I promise you, at least three kind of like smart aleck, know-it-all comments when you're watching the Super Bowl with your family and friends on Sunday. Because we're just going to give you a couple little tidbits that you're going to be able to say, did you know? Or, you know, actually, and um, everybody will hate you, but they'll have to admit that you knew some good shit. So that's what you're going to get out of this episode. It's all the stuff around the Super Bowl. Um, and that's where we're going to start. So, Sam, I know this was tough for you to do research. What what were you able to pull out? Did you have to first look up the rules of the game or what? I I kind of know the rules. Four downs, six points, and three points. Uh, like well, when, when you called a, me, you said Super Bowl, and I was like, no, it's not <laughs> called the Super Bowl. <laughs> no, I, you said the Super Bowl was this Sunday, and I think I asked if the Lakers were in it. Um, yeah. I, <laughs> no, I I researched 
the more interesting things, which is the rich people who own the team. That's the far- <laughs> Dude, the best part about sports is watching basketball and trying to guess who the rich people are in the front row and Googling them and reading their Wikipedia. That's the best part. That's right. basically what I did. Yeah, one of these people does not belong. It's like, oh, here's a celebrity in the front row. Here's Jay-Z. Um, oh, this is 90-year-old guy with a 30-year-old wife. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, let me take a wild guess at who this individual is and how they belong here. <laughs> That's significantly more interesting. Hey, let's take a quick break to tell you about our sponsor. There's no secret formula for customer service, but there is an all-new service hub from HubSpot, and it's bringing service and support together in one platform so you can deliver the best experiences possible. You can free up your customer support reps' time with an AI-powered help desk so you can easily support and grow your customer base. The secret's out. Service hub is a game changer. Visit HubSpot.com service to learn more. So let's start with the owners, because I think that is the uh, the interesting place to place to start. So the the two so i went through i did this thing i was kind of like a little over the top but i went through and i created a spreadsheet um it's not done yet but i'm gonna have it done by the end of today because i just got like really into it last night uh of every owner of in the nfl and i basically have all these columns like did they inherit it are they self-made how much did they buy the team for what's it worth now what does that mean in terms of its annual appreciation for how long they've held it and there's a couple you know that was a pretty interesting process the two teams that are in this right they both of them were kind of like inherited wealth, not self-made. But the Chiefs owner story is Very really interesting. interesting. Did, did you check that one out? Oh, I could tell you all about it. And I've known about tell, them. Tell that story. I, so basically, the uh, the Philly guy, not interesting. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, basically, the guy's grandpa started a movie theater. Uh, it expanded. They bought other things. And it's just like a nice story, but not like particularly that interesting. And now they And he own. was like a... The, the the guy who owns it now he was like a professor professor of social uh social policy somewhere and then was like and eh, i'd like to be rich i'm going to join the family business and join the family right. business and like you know i guess the most interesting thing was took out a loan against the company's assets to buy the eagles for 185 million dollars and it turned out to be a great great buy great great you know bet that he took so you know props to him for that but this chief story is kind of like uh like something from the wild west or like some, some it is books. this is pretty that's interesting. exactly what it's from and this guy's really fascinating so the basically the grandson owns it but it all starts with the grandpa so in the early 1900s Wait, who gets the billy of the week is it it's the grandpa right a million dollars isn't cool you know what's cool a billion dollars the grandpa yeah the guy yeah. who runs it now he's fine he just seems like a square he's just like a straight edge straight edge like nice CEO type, but the 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 founder, the grandpa, he's got the the perfect name. So have you heard of? Is it called a wildcatter? Is that a band or wildcatter? <laughs> yeah, wildcatter. I think wildcatter. Wild that's that's a, it's a great name for what they used to do. So basically, in the early 1900s, um, his name's H. L. Hunt. That was his name. And if you Google him, he looks like a crazy person. So he almost looks <laughs> like a, the serial killer version of the Kentucky Fried Chicken guy. Like he wears like a bow tie. <laughs> <laughs> He's, He's like, got like Colonel Sanders was on season four of you. <laughs> yeah. If Colonel Sanders liked to drink uh, Jack Daniels, that's what this guy looks like. He's got like piercing blue eyes and he got like a like a shit eating grin. And he's a wild guy. But basically he started uh, he was born in the early 1900s and he was like. Uh, uh, a high school dropout. I don't even think he graduated elementary school, but he was this kind of math genius type. And he was math prodigy and he was a gambler. And basically he ran for ran away from home at the age of 15 
drifted across the country doing odds and end, like odd jobs. Eventually, he had like fifty or a hundred dollars. He gambles it playing poker, turns that into a hundred thousand dollars, which is something like three million dollars. Takes that money and he starts buying oil leases. So um, it's kind of almost challenging to understand today. But in the early nineteen hundreds, right when like cars were getting popular, America was basically like the Middle East, where we were finding all this cool, uh, all this oil here. And so people were like buying plots of land in Ohio, PA, Texas, in order to find oil. Well, that's what this guy was doing. He was trading oil leases and he was mildly successful. But at the age of 36, he was like, man, this oil business sucks because I make a little money. I risk it all. Sometimes I lose. Sometimes I win. It's like I'm still gambling. I want out. And so he sells all of his stuff and he goes, fine, I'll do one last thing. And with the, uh, with the money he has from selling his stuff, he buys this plot of land in Texas. And it turns out to be a lotto ticket where it's the largest oil reserve ever discovered. It's in Texas. <laughs> and 20 years later, he becomes the richest man in the world. But throughout all of this, this guy's a crazy person. He ends up having 15 kids with three different women. Some of them were total degenerates, the kids. Some of them like like a Three or four of them died from like drugs, a plane crash. They're crashed motorcycles, crash cars. They're just like these crazy kids. But a few of them were awesome. So one of his daughters started the Rosewood Hotels. Have you heard of that? Yeah, yeah, that's famous. Yeah, it's like a big thing. Another one, uh, Lamar, which I think is the dad of the current CEO of the Chiefs. Uh, he's like credited as uh, naming the Super Bowl. So like he was like pretty important in sports. But this guy's crazy. Uh, a few examples. He was like. He ends up being the richest man in the in, in America, but he uh, it was like the bad news here is he was like a crazy racist and he believed in like, <laughs> yeah, he's like really racist. There is and a he, footnote here. <laughs> yeah, there's a, a big footnote here. So basically he would like there is a do you, do you know how like um you know how like amongst the black community in like the 50s and 60s, like getting into Islam was like popular and they would wear yeah, yeah, like, like Muhammad Ali. And other, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was all because of uh, I, what's the guy's name? Elijah Muhammad. He like started yeah. this like um, thing in America. I don't know everything what it stood for, but part of the thing was we need to take black Americans back to Africa yeah. to our homeland. First of all. Shout out to History Club in high school. Look at this. Look at you. It was wheeling and wheeling and dealing with history right now. Keep going. Well, I know all about this. I, I know a little <laughs> bit about this because Elijah Muhammad was uh, homies with Malcolm X, and I, I I read a lot about Malcolm X. So anyway, um, part of like Elijah Muhammad's deal, his shtick was like, we want to separate the races. And this H.L. Hunt, this Southern white guy, was like, hey, so do I. That's awesome. <laughs> I also want to do that. And so, you know, Elijah Muhammad was like, you know, we want to go back to Africa and have our own thing. H.L. Hunt was like, great, I would like that. So he funds that. So, you know, he's definitely a little racist, a lot of racist. He also is accused of being one of the conspirators behind the killing of JFK. This lady, like at like a deathbed confession, tells a story. She's like, I was in the room with London B. Johnson and H.L. Hunt where they said this bastard JFK, after tomorrow, he's no longer going to be on our back. He's not going to embarrass anymore. We're going to take care of this. Of course, wow. it was it's kind of nonsense. But this guy had his hands in everything. And he was this, if you Google him, he looks crazy. Not crazy in a bad <laughs> way, but like a wild man. He looks like a degenerate a little bit. And I don't know about you, Sean. Do you know any of these like Southern Texas uh, like entrepreneur types? They, mm, they No, not personally. So I know a few of them. I know this group of, know this group of guys and they call themselves capital men. And they're just like, <laughs> they make a little. <laughs> that sounds 
powerful. <laughs> it's awesome, right? They're just like that sounds <laughs> a little awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna steal. I'm, I'm a cat. Damn, <laughs> we should now call ourselves just a, we're just a couple of couple of capital men. Yeah, what do you do? Well, I'm a capital guy. Basically, like there's this whole like industry of these guys that have like the southern swoop and like that haircut, and they got a little like wild in their eyes, but they like are into like hedge funds and into like you know because. A lot of them, it's rooted in like buying and selling oil and being these like rough and tumble oil guys. And then once you get big enough, then it kind of like comes into like buying futures and options to oil. And then it's like, oh, let's do all this other stuff with money and start a hedge fund. So there's this like, it's like rooted in that. But some of these Southern rich entrepreneurs, they have this like, the thing about Silicon Valley tech people is although they're smart and rich, they don't know how to spend their money and they don't know how to have fun. And these, usually my Southern friends that are like rich and successful, they don't have that problem. And so and this guy, branding, H. rich people at Silicon Valley call themselves venture capitalists. Come on. Capital men is Capital so much man. better. Like, God damn that. That could mean anything that could mean. I, I could see that meaning politics. I could see that meaning money. I could see that meaning like we got we're the guys who got the money above the people who got money. And it's like, you know, like we're the real capital, we're the men. capital guys. It could also just be we're real men with a capital M. I'm like, I, this could go in any direction. And I am, I am kind of interested in all of them. This is fantastic. And so also th- this guy's name, HL hunt people who do that, like initial, initial cool last name. Like what's the name of that guy who did the, that big heist and like jumped out of a plane. DB Cooper, baby. Yeah. DB Cooper, <laughs> HL hunt. Like you throw yeah. a name like that at me. Like, like God, I Kid wish Rock. I was like, SP Puri. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> God damn. I just need one of these names. LL Cool J. Yeah. No, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> LL Cool J, man. That was one of the all timers. So to summarize this guy, he's a wild man. He, there's two quotes that he's kind of credited with saying that like you and I have probably heard of. The first is, uh, if you know how rich you are, you aren't very rich. I don't know if you ever heard anyone say that, but that's like one yeah, of the things if he you said. If you can count your money, you ain't rich, yeah. And, that's a, and the second thing he said is, money's just a way of keeping score. So those are like two phrases that... Dude, uh, he also coined the term Super Bowl. His so son. He, his son did, yeah. So it's like they also came up with the name and the branding around the Super Bowl. So that's yeah. pretty amazing. He paid 25k for the team. It's now worth something between two and three billion, which is a fantastic investment. You know, it, it did did phenomenally well. You know, one thing that's really interesting: both these guys. Uh, so both these guys. So he paid 25k. It's now worth two, let's say two and a half billion. Um, the Eagles guy bought it for 185 million. Now worth also about let's say two and a half three billion. Um, that sounds like this incredible return, and it is for sure. But, 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 the but, but, but these, put that into 10% a year. What's that at 10% a year? What, where, where are you going to be is. anyway? So these teams average, these teams that, uh, you know, you hear these crazy stories. Oh, he bought the team for 200 grand and now it's worth $3 billion. I say, yeah, but he did it 42 years ago or whatever. And so the math on when I was calculating these for most of the teams, it's just 15 to 20% annual appreciation compounding. And it's yeah. like, wow, this is a. Uh, this is this is like you know Sam's way of life is just like Bro, that slow you give steady me 15, compounding. You give me fifteen percent a year, I'm gonna get weak at the knees. Fifteen percent. <laughs> That's your safe way, word, dude. Yeah, just whisper in my ear. Twenty percent compounding, and compounding, like I'm just yeah. gonna collapse. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that. And it's just really remarkable to just see it kind of play out that way. It's like because it's not this incredible hockey stick, like not this spike uh, in value. It's just a 
if you annualize it 15 to 20% a year for a long time, and it shows you how Warren Buffett's so rich. The guy's just been compounding 20% for like 60 years. And uh, that's how you get whatever, $90 billion, something insane like that. Hey, let's take a quick break to tell you about our sponsor. It is a podcast that we want you to check out. It's called D2C Pod. It's hosted by Ramon Berrios and Blaine Bolas. It is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. And this is a podcast about all things direct-to-consumer, D2C. It's e-commerce stores. It's how you optimize your brand. And they're talking with founders, marketers, and the platform creators about all kinds of things that you need to know for D2C. You know, website conversion, paid ads, Facebook ads, consumer trends, email marketing, if you want to know the stories behind your favorite brands, this podcast is for you. They did an episode recently about scaling creator growth and influencer incentives. I thought it's pretty cool. So check it out. Listen to DTC Pod wherever you get your podcasts. What year did they buy it? Um, they bought it. Um, because I imagine I there's a world where like back, you know, whatever year they bought it, it was kind of like buying a soccer team now where it's like, I don't know, man. It's like kind of got some traction, but I don't know if this is going to be part of like the the fabric of 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 society. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like Dana White buying the UFC in twenty years. We're like, so we're just going to get a bunch of big dumb gorillas in a cage and make them fight to the death, and like it's going to be a a legitimate sport. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So these guys are rich, though. They're worth like fifteen billion dollars now. So they're they're a very rich family. Um, okay, so let's do some other things now. Let's zoom all the way in. I got a little niche business that's kind of interesting. So when I was thinking about football, or thinking about the Super Bowl from a like a, a business point of view, you kind of it's a different lens. You take a look at it from a different angle. One of the things I noticed when I was watching the playoffs this year, I was like, dude, all these things that I just take for granted because they're just a regular part of the game. I'm like, they didn't just happen that way. Somebody decided we're gonna do this, right? We're gonna sing the national anthem before every game. And everybody's going to stand up and they're going to take off their hats, put their hand on their hearts. And we're going to do this. And then the jets are going to fly over the game. And it's like, why are these airplanes flying over the stadium? I don't know if you've seen this. So like they do the, like the flyover. And it's like, again, these aren't just, they didn't just happen to happen. Somebody somewhere in some room was like, we're going to do it this way. And these things cost money to do. And they take time to do. So I'm like, what's the strategy here? And I read this article and it, it kind of said it well, it goes, the NFL has draped itself in the flag. And um, and it's so true. Basically, like the, from a branding point of view, the NFL, basically, when you watch a game, the pomp and circumstance makes you feel like this is a patriotic event. We are all proud to be an American. Like, that's like the, like they, they should just play that song at the beginning of the games, in, in fact. And so I was like, where did each of these come from? And so I started looking into it. A couple crazy things. One, the military basically pays the NFL tens of millions of dollars per year to do this stuff. Cause it's basically a giant recruiting event for the military. So they, the, the flyover, they have to do these anyways, as like part of their training missions. So they're like, yeah, it does cost, you know, um, between like, you know, 80 K to 400 K to do these flyovers, but we have to do these as part of routine training anyways. So why not do our training over the game? So we get this visibility and we get this sort of like badass thing, because if, Millions of people are going to watch these games. Like the Super Bowl is watched by a hundred million people. Um, that's super positive branding. It's a, it's it's like co benefits. Like what is that like parasitic relationship where it benefits both? It's like the NFL gets this association with like true bravery, courage, patriotism, yeah. America, and the military gets like visibility with this like because everybody sat down and watching, and it's like a free commercial for them. 
And so then I was like, okay, that's those are interesting. What else? Look, it's, it's kind of like it's kind of like when a white girl posts a picture on Twitter of her pitbull, and it's like, who rescued who? oh my god dude a sam far special for me today that is amazing that is the funniest thing you said in a long time wow i'm gonna ask you questions about that joke later because i'm so impressed by that joke dude that was great nice tattoo by the way you want to show the tat i don't know if you can you can flash the tat on your leg sam sends this Sam sends a, a text message. We, we'll post this on the uh, on the YouTube of the reveal. So it's basically, it's like uh, like a napkin covering that whatever the tattoo is. You can see there's a tattoo underneath, but you don't know what it is, and it's like wiping it, and then it reveals Sam's dog uh, sitting on on his a leg, huge like a huge pitbull's face, a huge pitbull's face. It now takes up his entire right leg, and um, and as that reveal was happening, I was like, I am prepared. For this to be anything like this tattoo you, you could have convinced me it was 15 different things and i would have been like yep yeah, i guess that makes sense i guess that's what the decision was today like uh oh yeah it's a map of my favorite you know my favorite motorcycle trail through the midwest yep all right sure right like uh this is my favorite brand of beef jerky cool no that's <laughs> on know? my thigh yeah it's a portrait of macho man randy savage yep got it <laughs> <laughs> it's a slim jim like uh i just did i got the slim jim logo right. on there. it's no, a bouquet of flowers but they're all just slim jims instead of flowers <laughs> like all right artistic nice one um, um yeah dude so do you know um the best part about the whole america thing and um the super bowl my favorite one of my favorite videos and i'm I, i'm the type of guy i cry during the star spangled banner if it's a good one <laughs> every dude, time <laughs> it gets me worked up and there's this yeah, one honestly from, i kind of feel that too I, I get worked up or at the medal ceremonies at the Olympics, I always cry. I always get worked up. Right. Um, the 1991 version of the Star Spangled Banner, Banner with Whitney Houston. It's like one of the best videos of all time. Have you seen that? Yes. I've gone down these compilations. Marvin Gaye at the NBA All-Star The Marvin Gaye one's awesome. One. <laughs> the Whitney yeah. Houston one's the best. And it's so impactful that the Library of Congress, they have this like compilation of like the 50 um, greatest moments in American history. And that Super Bowl thing that her performance made the list, which is like a really big deal. Right. So this whole, this partnership, they've done a really good job of making it a thing. And so now the NFL, that's a beautiful line. They've draped themselves in the American flag. And by the way, if you're like a band that's struggling to make it, here's your hard pivot. Here's your sellout pivot. Just specialize in the Star Spangled Banner and go <laughs> perform an epic version of the Star Spangled Banner in every college football game, basketball game. Just go be like the best wedding singer the cover artist of the national anthem and just specialize in that have like the most <laughs> badass performance of that. Uh, Cause I think, you know, that's, that's one way to not be a you know, starving artist. Okay. So here's, um, here's another crazy thing you've seen at the beginning of the games, they're going to have this giant flag on Sunday and the Huge. flag is literally the size of the football field. It is a massive, massive flag. Again, somebody makes that. So your boy goes through and says, who the hell makes this flag? Sure enough, there's like one lady in Utah who is the like one of the biggest providers for this thing. It's called 50 Star Productions. Lady in Utah, and she has one employee who hand sews this thing, and he literally goes, yeah, I just do it in my basement. I don't even come into the office. <laughs> so there's just a guy in a basement if sewing you, these things. <laughs> if you Google 50 Star Productions, it comes up with a listing. Like her Google page is a picture of her garage. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I am pretty sure 
my friend, this is his aunt, uh, because like it looks exactly like his aunt. And like he has an aunt Patty. I'm pretty sure this is Patty. So wow. crazy thing, but she specializes in she's like, Yeah, I'm gonna just do this. So she was like, I'm gonna go for giant flags. And it's not like she just was like, you know, some cute old lady who was knitting and somebody happened to be like, Oh, I'll I'll buy one from you. No, this is a business. She was like, she started off by buying the flags. She would buy them for 40K and then she would rent them out for these events and like basically had a rental business. And then she's like, all right, these flags I'm buying, they're low quality. They have this big problem, which is that they, uh, like if there's a giant gust of wind, the flag turns into a huge sail. Like it's like a giant yeah, like takes the people up who are holding <laughs> yeah, it. Exactly. It's like James and the giant peach happens at the NFL game. So they switched it. What she does now is they, um, it's like actually like 15 different pieces that latch together to create the flag but when you zoom out you can't see that it's latched and so that makes it way easier to transport it adds a little airflow so that the that it doesn't make the people fly away or whatever and um, she rents these out for seven thousand seven seven thousand dollars per event and she does about 130 to 150 events per year she does about a million dollars in sales a year uh with her and one dude who's her stitch guy and um and that's their business. And then she has like these two competitors, Super Flag and this other guy that's like, no, 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 no. Our flags, our flags are the shit. And so they're like competing against each other to be the giant flag at all these games. Because now every game does this. Every football game does this. Basketball games do this. Um, it is a is a like a random niche that that she is like number one in. And what a sick gig. She probably gets to see all these stadiums go backstage and like walks by Beyonce when she's done singing the national anthem. I mean, this is awesome. This is yeah. This Beyonce is cool. said nice flag to her. Uh, yeah. <laughs> she, uh, so she's my, like, this is my blue collar side hustle of the week. Cause I just think this is like such a smart little thing. And I also think that you could like, somebody could compete with this. So I got a little idea here, which is okay. She fixed the airflow problem and making it smaller so that it's not like this giant heavy thing that you have to like transport in and out of the stadium but you still need 300 people standing around it to hold it taut so that it like, cause they can't put it on the floor. Can't flag, can't touch the ground. And, um, and so is you that, have is that people. why you need 300 people? Not, is it really just for that symbolic reason? Or is there, like well, I think you want to hold it. So it's like straight, it's like tight. And so it looks good, but then also it can't touch the ground. As I learned, dude, I don't know if I told you this, in my, I have two embarrassing stories from elementary school. One of them is, uh, I got, <laughs> assigned flag duty did you just like set out, it on the ground when you're yeah, I just put it on the ground when i was working on the clip and then the person was like no 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 no. and i was like what and they're like you can't touch the ground and i was like oh is this like a you know the floor is lava like are we playing imaginary games here and they were like we have to burn this flag now and That's i was like crazy, dude i'm man. already the only brown kid in the school and now i have to burn the flag like jesus this is not gonna look good for me at lunch today <laughs> It's <laughs> so funny. I can see you like getting like holding it down the Pledge of Allegiance and then just not knowing what to do after. Just, just put it on the ground. It. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody was looking at me. And I had no idea. I was just fiddling with the clip trying to like figure it out. And I was like, what? Just what's what's the problem? And it made no sense to me. I was like, okay, look. Yes, I did something wrong, I guess, but I think you guys are weird about this. Dude, I think the symbolic stuff is a little funny. I mean, there's like people have American flags for like beach towels. Like, you know what I mean? Like if it could like rub against your crotch, we could set it on the ground sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I can't find this client info. Have you heard of HubSpot? HubSpot is a CRM platform, so it shares its data across every application. Every team can stay aligned. No out-of-sync spreadsheets or dueling databases. HubSpot. Grow better. 
some other things about the Super Bowl that I think are kind of crazy. Let's talk about ads. So Super Bowl ads kind of get a lot of attention. Um, there's a bunch of different ways we can go with this. I have some stats. I have some hot Tell takes, me. but I'm curious. I want to hear your your take first on ads. Do you have anything interesting on ads? It's six million now. Is it six million? Seven. Seven million for thirty seconds. Plus, it's the cost of actually filming it, which is typically involves like getting Will Ferrell or something. So that's like another million. Easily um, another million if you if you go that route. Yeah, uh, it seems worth it though. Like uh, Coinbase did something cool. I do, I mean, your internet traffic spikes right away. What's interesting is that what I didn't realize when I was researching this is they test it a lot of times. So they'll um, release multiple YouTube videos early on and just see like what's the traction and then go with the winning one. So that's kind right. of interesting, but it actually seems worth it in a lot of cases. So, um, so I did some math on this last year with the Coinbase one. So the Coinbase one went nuts. So if you don't remember last year, Coinbase did an ad that was pretty funny. There's two, two ads I think were really interesting ads that, that people have done. So Coinbase did an ad where it was just a full black screen. So there's no branding on the screen. And there was just a QR code that was bouncing around the screen, like the old DVD, like screensaver type thing where it would like, you're kind of wanting it to land perfectly in the corner, but it does never really does. And they just had that on the screen for 30 seconds or a minute or something like that with, with music. It was just a flashing QR code. And, um, and they came out and said that 20 million people visited the site uh, in one minute as that was happening. That's crazy. uh, That's kind of crazy. So you can probably assume that maybe like a little bit more than that eventually, you know, came, it crashed their app, which was like unfortunate for them. So, you know, uh, it it was so good that it crashed our app uh, was kind of the thing. And, um, I did some math on it and I think maybe it's hard to estimate this stuff because you don't know how many people are just going to check it out and be like, okay, I'm not interested in signing up for crypto right now. Or like, I already know what Coinbase is. So you got to like discount, but basically let's assume for a second, 20 million people um, go ahead and come to your site and you can assume some conversion rate. So I don't know what you want to assume is conversion. 3%. Yeah. Even 3% is probably a little high, but like one, let's just say, let's just say 1%. So that's 200,000 people that sign up. And then for something like Coinbase, they have to like link an account. So let's say like, you know, another, uh, you know, let's even say 20% of people link their account afterwards. Now you got 40,000 linked accounts, but that's just during that kind of one minute time span. But let's just start there. Their average user is worth $45 to them per year. Um, And so that's 1.8 million of like, kind of like what an, if, if these people perform like an average user. So you get 2 million, 2 million back out. You've probably spent, uh, you know, seven, six, seven million total on the ad. That doesn't work out great there, but then yeah, you but think it's oh, year one. there's all this PR about Coinbase and people talk about the ad and blah, 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 things like that. Maybe the LTV is higher. Maybe it's a little lower because they're less intent. I don't know. I think it's pretty hard to break even. I emailed somebody who, um, who was an investor in um, hint, hint water. And, during the Super Bowl a few years ago, Hint bought an ad last minute and they emailed out to their investors. They're like, yo, by the way, check it out. Check I remember out that. We bought an ad. And so I asked him, I said, can you share uh, like, like what did they say if it worked or if it was good? Here's what they said for what it's worth. They said it was great in so many ways. We got 70% of the country because they bought like not the whole nation. They bought like, you know, three of the top markets. They go, you know, the normal price would have been about $5 million. We got it for $1 million. So we got a huge discount because we get, got a last-minute buy. Um, they say, uh, you know, 
you never know. Uh, they go when you buy that way, you don't know when you're going to end up. We ended up right before halftime, which is a golden spot. Um, direct to consumer numbers were, were were good, but not off the charts. Um, on in terms of sales, traffic was off the charts. And then it's like, yeah, but it builds awareness. And then my employees loved it. They were like, oh wow, your friends are texting you saying, I saw your guys' Super Bowl ad. Um, you know, overall, you know, it was great experience. And I think that's the the thing is it's, it's kind of a hand wavy. It's kind of a hand wavy thing. The, the top advertisers are always, you know, cars, beer, snacks, and then finance stuff. And, um, you know, th- those are the categories that I think take off. Now, did you ever see the Reddit ad from a while back? I thought this one was awesome. Wait, what so was what it? Reddit yeah. did was they bought somehow a five second ad in the Super Bowl. So it just flashed on the screen and it was just an image with text. It looked like a Reddit post. And it was a Reddit post from this subreddit, which I don't know if you've ever seen called Superb Owl. No. It's the same spelling as Super Bowl, but somebody had created it on Reddit and it was like, oh, yeah, this is a Reddit for Superb Owls, like just fantastic <laughs> owls. And so if you go there, it's just pictures of these really majestic owls. <laughs> Dope owls. <laughs> and it gets all this traffic during Super Bowl of weekend because it's r slash Super Bowl. Um, and so they they put up this image. Oh, Super Bowl. I get it. Yeah. And so I, I, I can that. share this, this image, but I'll, I'll read you what they, what they wrote. But it was really smart. They go, wow, this actually worked. If you're reading this, this it means our bet paid off. These big game spots are expensive. We couldn't buy a full one. So we spent our entire year's marketing budget on five seconds of airtime. One thing we learned is, is that our, from our communities is that underdogs can accomplish anything if they come, come together around a common idea. So who knows? Maybe you'll be the reason that finance textbooks have to add a chapter on attendees maybe you'll go to superb owl and teach about the uh, and learn about the majesty of owls maybe you'll pa- pause this five second ad and take a screenshot uh powerful things happen when people rally around things they really care about and there's a place for that it's called reddit and so really smart that they kind of flash something people are like what was that and then it goes viral on social media as like oh that was a really smart thing really cool here's what that text said and so they saw this like traffic you know whatever some crazy traffic spike but here's what's what's weird Coinbase had said uh, they kind of released this article like bragging about it. They were like, our downloads were up 300% over last week. And I was like, 300%, it was like 287%. I was like, 287%, that's it? Like You just spent millions of dollars on an ad push with 100 million people watching and you only tripled your downloads from the previous week when nothing was going on? That seems like really weak to me. But everybody, all the news articles promote that as like incredibly successful campaign. And I'm like, that, to me, that needs to be like 20x, 30x, 50x yeah, but this of a was normal last week. Year. This was last year when like there was a bull market and like Coinbase was already one of the top finance apps in the country. No, it jumped from a, ranked 168th in the app store to number one oh, during the Super Bowl. sucks. And yeah, I was like, well, how is that? I don't even understand how these numbers work. So something might be wrong in these numbers. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Um I think it's not worth it. What's crazy, by the way, there's about 40 to 50 minutes of ads in the Super Bowl and the game's only 60 minutes long. <laughs> so the ad load on the Super Bowl is crazy. It's like 40 to 50 percent of the entire show is ads. So if you compare that to like, I think a TV um, ad load is about 15 percent. So 15 percent in an hour, you're going to see 15 minutes of ads. Um, for this, you know, in an hour of game time, you're going to see, you know, for every hour of game time, you're seeing 40 to 50 minutes of ads, which is kind of insane. Um, 
YouTube, for example, is three minutes of ads for every hour of video that you're going to watch, right? just to show you like as a comparison, how those things go, uh, which is pretty, pretty wild. Um, yeah, a couple, I don't know, a couple other things on ads real quick. Uh, okay. So here's, here's my other part that I think is, is good on that. There's a bunch of ads that are not commercials and, um, Basically, there's ad inventory that's not commercials. So have you ever seen, uh, you know, like at the end of the game, they do the Gatorade bath where they, 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 they dump Gatorade on the winning coach. So yeah. that just happened organically. That wasn't like a paid stunt. Um, but Gatorade was like, oh, my God, jackpot. And yeah, so every year that happens now, Gatorade doesn't have to pay for it. And they basically get 10 seconds of like a native ad of Gatorade in the winning moment, like right when the team is like, you know, it's the peak of the peak. They're, they're about to win. It's confirmed. And Gatorade gets on the screen every single time. To me, that's actually the best ad in the Super Bowl because of how it's done. It's zero cost and they get everybody to watch that thing right when it happens. But they don't pay now? They don't pay that. Uh, of course. Well, they're sponsors. They don't even sponsor the, the game. Or they sponsor just like the, the NFL in general to have that can right. there. But they don't sponsor. They don't pay anything extra for that moment. The better thing is the have you ever seen the thing where the at the end they interview the quarterback like, you just won the Super Bowl what are you yeah you know, I'm going to Disneyland I'm going to Disney World do you know the backstory of this no it's pretty it's pretty cool so Michael Eisner who was the CEO of Disney he's at a dinner with George Lucas the creator of Star Wars and it's Tim it's George Lucas and it's some couple that had just completed like the the first round the world flight by uh by a person like nonstop round the world flight and so they're all at dinner and the food's taking a little time to come so there's some dead time here and and eisner's like okay well what, what, uh, what a bunch of great stories that that table would have yeah, right <laughs> <laughs> but for some reason there was a lull and at yeah, that lull, so what do you do he goes he goes well now that you've accomplished the pinnacle of your aspirations what could you possibly do next and um and they go well we're going to disney world and they all started laughing and he, you know, he's the CEO of Disney and he's like, yeah, he's like, that's a great answer. And his wife goes, that should be your slogan. And he thinks about that. And the Super Bowl was coming up, I think a couple of weeks later. So they call up the agents of the two quarterbacks that are playing in the game, John Elway no and Phil way. Sims. And they say, hey, we'd like to make you an offer, which is that at the end of the game, when they say, how does it feel? What are you going to do? You know, like, uh, you know, they ask you that question. We want you to say. We're going to Disney World. And um, he's like, we'll pay you $75,000 and we'll give you a free trip to Disney World to, if you do this. He offers both both the guys the same deal. What year? What year? This is 85, I think, something like that. Okay. Uh, or uh, maybe oh, 87. Um, okay. So Phil, uh, so Phil Sims ends up being the winning quarterback. He uh, And he, at the time, he was like telling his agent, he's like, no, I don't want to even think about this shit. No, like this seems like bad luck to start planning my my victory celebration and his agents like, dude, come on, like 75 grand. Like that was a big deal back then. He's like, uh, he's like, you know, this is a good, great bonus for you. All you gotta do is say this one line. If you win, uh, what's it to you, you know, and your, your whole family, they'll take you out to Disney, Disney world. No problem. And so there's this amazing clip. We can put the clip in the YouTube video, but it's a, um, it's a link to this. Uh, I'll, I'll put it in here anyways. So you, you, you can see it, but it's basically the, he's like running away from the field and he turns back. It like, looks like it's from a movie basically. And the reporter's like, you know, what are you going to do now? And he goes, I'm going to Disney World. <laughs> We're going to Disney World. And he goes, that became the thing. And so then every year, Disney would approach the whoever they think might get the interview at the end. And they offer him the deal. And they say, hey, wh whether you win or lose, you're going to get this money. 
Uh, but if you are the winner, we want you to say this. And um, so they pay the loser and they pay the winner and the winner's got to say it. And now it's become such a thing that Patrick Mahomes, one of the quarterbacks who's in this year's Super Bowl. Just says it probably. He tweeted out like years ago. He goes, man, it must be the best feeling to be that quarterback who gets to say we're going to Disney World. I can't wait. And it's like, wow, that's the power that of like great marketing, right? And and it's also, it's A, it's awesome. And B, it's painful. Everything that I think is, this is, it's like learning that Santa's <laughs> Nothing's not real, really, bro. Yeah, it's all fake. Uh, that's wild. It's all fake. It's all nonsense, but that's awesome. <laughs> that's crazy. What, what a smart move. That's a really wise move. And so I have, um, I have prepared for you, you know, we have our drunk ideas, uh, podcast, which, uh, which we should do another edition of drunk ideas where I pitch you, you know, half baked bad, you know, kind of bad ideas that you'd only think are good when you're drunk. I have a new edition called drunk CMO. So now I'm the drunk CMO, and these are my drunk idea, my drunk marketing ideas for you. I want you to just rate them, uh, uh, right. you know, great, you know, okay or terrible. Um, okay, so here's my first idea. Uh, I'm the drunk CMO. I come into you. I say, "Hey, boss, I got an idea for the Super Bowl." You say, "Great or bad?" I say, "Let me hear your idea." Yeah, go ahead. Thank you. Whatever. I don't Let me hear your idea. All right. So here's the deal. Somebody's gonna score a touchdown. And all eyes are on them. It's a celebration moment. If, you know, players in the NFL, if they celebrate too much, if they dance, they get fined like $20,000, $50,000. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to go to all the wide receivers and we're going to tell them, look, not only will we pay your fine, we're going to triple whatever you get fined. You get to keep that. But here's what you got to do. You're, you're going to have a branded celebration. So uh, I don't know what our brand is. Let's say we're a beer brand. You're going to run to this. We have a fat guy in the in the seats right next to the end zone. You're going to crack open a cold one, and you're going to chug that baby. Uh, just do you're a shoey. Just pour that on your face. You're just, just going to do a shoey right there on the spot. It's going to go crazy viral. You're going to be seen as Mr. Fun, as like, you know, this epic badass. And we're going to get our product placed in that Great moment. idea. Or, Great or idea. Uh, you know, depending on whatever our product is, you know, if we're dude wipes, you're going to go take this and you're going to take this wipe and you're going to wipe, you know, right there, right? You're, whatever our product is, your Slim Jim, you're going to snap open a Slim Jim. Um, that's the idea. We're going to brand the Super Bowl celebration. What do you say? Dude, boss? How about that? Uh, great idea. I mean, so I don't pay attention to sports. The things that I remember is the Rams doing the what was their thing called? The Where they would like, uh, you know, like when they would celebrate the, the, the Rams, Falcons. St. Louis Rams. The, the Dirty Bird. The, the I, I thought it was the St. Louis Rams where I'm from. They would like do like the the huddle where they would do their stupid thing. And then also Randy Moss pulling out a Sharpie and signing the ball and throwing yep. it out. These are like iconic Epic, moments. Right? I'm on board with this. This is so awesome. So whatever the brand is, I'm, I'm going to those guys. I'm saying, hey, we have a, we bought seats in the end zone. You just got to go grab the thing from this guy and do the do the celebration. We got you in. OK, here's the next one. Hey, boss, uh, I know taco sales are down for us this year, uh, but I got a big idea. I could save us. I could save us here in the fourth uh, in, in, the, in the quarter. Uh, our earnings are coming up. Earnings calls coming up. Taco sales are down. Say it with me, boss. Tacos for tails. During the coin flip, if it's tails, everybody gets a free taco. Anybody could go there and just say tails at the window and get one free taco. Everybody's now rooting. It's not 50-50, baby. We're going to have the power of America on our side rooting for tails. We're going to take that moment of the game. Oh, we're going to turn it into a marketing moment. Dude, I would say drink more often. These are great. 
When I was a kid, <laughs> when I was a kid, they had Big Macland. You know, the Cardinals. We had uh, Mark McGuire, and if th- when he was on his home run thing, if he hit his home run in a certain section, you got a big. Everyone in the stadium got a Big Mac, and so his Big Macland was like the right. section. It was awesome. I loved it. And whenever he hit a home run in that section, they would have the spotlights over McDonald's, so everyone knew we got to run to Big Macland. Uh, yeah, in also All right. awesome. All right, boss. What was it called? Ta- Taco for tails. Or Tacos what? for tails. <laughs> you're in dude right. if anything is alliterative like that i'm automatically in i love two t's <laughs> okay so here's another one um hey boss uh you know that car companies like us uh we spend the most on super bowl ads right but we don't got the budget who's got the budget for that kind of thing where are we gonna spend 20 million dollars this year on super bowl ads for our car um what are we kia yeah you know, yeah like- we're kia <laughs> and so you know what, what, what are we gonna do here here's what we're gonna do I don't know if you noticed, boss, but there's this new trend of when players arrive for the game, the cameras kind of show them walking out with their outfit as they're walking in with their Beats by Dre headphones or their briefcase, and they're like coming in for the job. And it's like in the pregame, there's not, there's just, they're trying to fill time. So they're, oh, Patrick Mahomes is here. Look at him. He's entering the building. Wait a minute. This whole entering the building thing, say it with me, boss, marketing moment. Why don't we put them in baller cars? that are just tricked out beyond belief. And they're going to, we're going to film the actual arrival at the stadium. And I think actually it's Rolls Royce who should do this, but they should, the Rolls Royce needs to transport everybody in badass Rolls Royces to the stadium. And the quarterbacks get the best, whatever the phantom triple, whatever. This is for a luxury brand, Lamborghini, whoever it is. You got to, you got to get the players to show up in style because TV will pick that up of them showing up. There needs to be a freaking fog machine and it just needs to look crazy. And so we're branding that moment. And actually I got my buddies here from uh, Louis Vuitton. They're also going to just put, just drip everybody's outfit out because this, now this entrance is a red carpet entrance and we're going to, we're going to own that red carpet entrance from, from the moment they arrive at the stadium. What do you think? boss? Look, the thing about classy is you can't try too hard. And now you're (laughs) trying too hard. That's not classy. I'm sorry, boss. A, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, I'll not, do better. I'll this do is better. not a great idea. Unless we're talking about like, what do I want a souped up Acura? I mean, like, what are we going to do here? Like, like I've learned enough. Like, I've seen enough Hummer limos in my life. I don't think you can make those things cool. I'm out. All right, boss. Uh, listen, I don't know. I don't know if it's uh, if it's me. I don't know if it's my allergies. I don't know if I've been drinking too much, but I'm just I'm stumped on ideas here. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a CMO with no ideas. Why it's does like allergies a with not no give you ideas? I just, I just can't. I'm, I got writer's block. I just got no ideas. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to go name Mr. Beast our temporary CMO for the weekend. And we're going to give Mr. Beast our entire budget. And we're going to say, Mr. Beast, you take our $10 million Super Bowl budget and you do a video on your own. You come up with your own Super Bowl marketing campaign that is different than whatever's going to be in the Super Bowl. This guy gets 100 million views per video. And people love him, and he's not just, just going to stand out. We're going to instead what we're going to do. Actually, here's what we're going to do: we're going to buy airtime, the kind of like the the 15 second or 30 second ad slot, and it's just going to tell people to go watch Mr. Beast's video, um, or it's going to be Mr. Beast on the screen, and he's going to be clicking upload, and then you have to go to his channel to see what the actual video is. What do you think, boss? I'm out. I'm out, dog. Too many steps. That's too. You're getting too creative for me. You're trying to win an award, not make me money. I do like the awards. As a CMO, <laughs> I kind of build my whole reputation not on sales, Dude, but on 
industry awards, pure respect. If I hear a marketing person brag about an award, I'm automatically out. I cannot stand those types of people. I, By the way, this really, is an, really funny this thing is an award idea with the Coinbase thing. So they were getting a bunch of uh, props for their ad. Do you remember what happened last year when the Coinbase CEO came out and was just like, people have been asking. So here's the backstory around the ad. You and know, he made up this whole story. He said this whole story where he was like, you know, we just wanted something cool. Everything seems so cliche. We got all these pitches from ad agencies about celebrities. I never, he's like, side note, I don't even understand why people would buy a product because a celebrity says so. It never made sense to me. And he just the got, most programmer just thing to say. Dunked on. He was just, someone was just tossing up the basketball and this woman comes in and just dunks him right in his face. And so he's like, you know, the team came up with this idea. It required no budget. It delivered this epic return because it was so different. No agency would have ever thought about this. And this woman comes in and she goes, Except an agency did think about this. My agency, we presented it to you on eight thirteen slide nineteen is our is our idea for this. And then people, and then all the ad agency people were like, "Get him!" They were like, "We never get respect." <laughs> and so they all were like, "This is about client agency respect." And they made it like a bigger deal. Like they tried to create like a BLM movement, but for agencies, and it just didn't catch on. <laughs> but like people tried. And then he had to come back and be like, but the, the, the weak move. So, so all of it was fine. I actually have no problem with any of it up till this point. Uh, whatever he said, I have no problem with what she did. Cool. Great, great move on her part too. The small boy stuff was at the end. He comes back and he goes, Oh, I, I'm so sorry. The team was working together so well with the agency. I just yeah. thought it was all one team. The, the collaboration was so good that it just seemed like it was all our own internal team. They were so integrated. Dude, he and got I was like, bro, that's like me set. That's like I walked in on my sister once when she my mom was like, go tell your sister to study. And I walked in, and she was sleeping and I go, mom, she's sleeping. She goes, I'm not sleeping. I'm reviewing in my head. And I go, oh, she's <laughs> studying in her head. It's like the, the world's worst excuse was I the team was so, so cohesive. I just thought it was us. <laughs> yeah, that's that, why I didn't got- give credit. Dude, I like that guy, Brian. I'm a big fan of his. He got dunked on there. He that was a that was a that was a loss on that on his part. That's the only like big loss I've seen him have. A few actually. L's, but we all take our L's, right? We got yeah. We got, he got I, dunked we on there. We got a pocket full of L's. Um. All right. Here's here's another one. Um. Uh. Let's see. Okay. So now the ad concept itself. If you had to create an ad that you think would work, what would you do to make a good ad for the Super Bowl? Oh, man, I'd probably just make a bunch of them and just run them on TikTok or YouTube and see which one is doing OK and just do whatever that one is. Yes, that's a like good testing. But like, um, what do you think would actually make a good ad? What would make an ad that actually gets people to convert? Matt Damon. <laughs> Three <laughs> <know>. strategies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Epic story. Matt Damon. <laughs> or yeah. what I think is, I think what somebody should do. This is not allowed because they reject these ideas, but I think you got to create some drama. So I think you want to have a sort of like a will it or won't it moment. And so like, you know, I want to see a mouse in a tank with a snake and there's just tension. (laughs) And it's like, what's going to happen here? And there's like one safe place the mouse can go. And it's like, this is a triple A ad and it's brought to you by triple A. It's like, is the mouse going to, what's going to happen to this mouse? Or like, there's a man in a box and he needs your help. The, know, that's the premise. Let's go. Let's riff off yeah. of that. Yeah. I think you got to have some drama. And I think maybe run it at the beginning of this show. And then you have like the YouTube channel where it's live streaming. And oh you're like, my oh God. my God. Go to, go to YouTube and see what, see 
will it or won't it? What's going to happen? Um, I remember Did you create this will it or won't it concept. This is awesome. It's a great concept. I remember going to a bar once. This is it always will, mar- by the way. <laughs> a great marketing thing that happened once was uh, I went to this bar and the bar owner was like, dude, we need to come up with a way for people to like buy more drinks or something. He's like, and I was like, oh, you could hire dancers. You could do this. You could do that. Like, you know, make this club like, he's like, I don't get the money for all that. And so we went back like a month later and he had done the most genius thing. This is in Australia. Have you ever heard of a crab race? <laughs> no. So what they race. did, what they did, does a the, the, the winner not get eaten or something? Well, no, it's, it's kind of like, it's just the most random dumb thing, but everybody got so excited. He took a giant bowl. He filled it with these like mini hermit crabs and each hermit crab. He just took a Sharpie and he wrote a number one through uh, 50 yeah. on it. And then basically he's like, it's time for the crab race. Go buy a drink and pick a number. And so everybody gets to buy a drink, pick a number. And if That's you're awesome crab wins the race so they basically put the crabs in a bowl they put it in the middle of the circle they remove the bowl and there's an outer ring and who whichever crab gets to the outer ring first wins and that is the hero crab he gets to like come back next week and like defend his his championship um and anybody who bet on that crab gets like whatever's either some money or like free uh, you know like free shots for like you know you and all your friends or whatever it is and so it just created this hype people started coming every that? week for this thing I don't. I don't think he invented it. I think other bars do this, but he like he brought that concept into his bar. It's the first time I had ever seen it. I've never seen an American bar do this, and I cannot tell you how much excitement this this one simple thing drove. Dude, we need that for this podcast. <laughs> the end of every episode. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's really awesome. Oh, that's a great idea. People in the comments on YouTube should bet a number, pick a number, <laughs> and then we just, and then at the end of the episode, uh, then like every other episode or whatever, we like do the reveal and we uh, we show who won. <laughs> yeah, we should do that. We should do that for this podcast. We should do something ben, like that for this pod. Call your crab guy and <laughs> yeah, let him you know. Got a guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, All right. Okay. I forgot right. one of my favorite. Forgot one of my favorite ones, dude. You might you'll appreciate this as a dog guy. Have you seen the puppy bowl? I love the puppy bowl. Genius, yeah, genius idea that the who's the animal planet did. I think basically what happened was they were like, the, like you know, the head of programming. It's like, hey, what are we going to run this Sunday to that that will get ratings? And they're like, uh, against the Super Bowl. Great, yeah. Let me uh, like, thanks for the impossible task. What can I come up with that's going to run on Sunday against the Super Bowl and still get viewers? And that's when they created the puppy bowl, which is kind of actually the same idea as the crab race. That basically it's a bunch of puppies with toys, and there's a ref. And basically, if any puppy randomly walks into the end zone with a toy, the ref is like, touchdown, this guy scored. Dude, <laughs> you missed one low-hanging fruit that I thought was pretty obvious. Super blunt Sunday. Uh, what are we gonna do with that? I know I don't know yet, but super <laughs> blunt Sunday, it all starts with the phrase. I like super blunt Sunday. <laughs> Surely You're we a could... work backwards from the name kind of guy. I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, good pot. People are going to have some facts. Yeah, for, gonna, uh, you, you get to be a know-it-all this Sunday. And just remember, everybody loves a know-it-all. <laughs> <laughs> That's a rule end. We'll